This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all, a Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With me, Dylan Hafer Hold on, check me, boo Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. It's Monday, I'm Dylan Hafer, and I am happy to be joined again by a good friend of mine, and of course, the host of the Andy's Girls podcast. She has been on Mention It All many a time, and I can't wait to mention it all once again today with Sarah Galley. Hey, Sarah. Oh my God, such a pleasure for this delightful satellite interview. This is like a different (laughs) kind of recording than what we've normally had, and I'm extremely into it. Satellite interview makes it sound like one of us is on the space station. It just aren't <laughs> <it> we? Sound- <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what we now call Manhattan? I do feel like I am coming back down to earth after a few days of some interesting Bravo events. You spent you spent your Saturday at a certain event in the Hamptons, in Southampton, at least the good one, at the the Jill Zarin Luxury Lunch, which I, I think you'll be sharing more about in a written medium, perhaps. But just how was how was your Saturday, Sarah? Um, I am a survivor of a 100 plus degree temperature heat that really came over the event and I guess the universe of New York City and the East Coast. And let me tell you, running after just a, a crew of housewives and other reality TV folk, like I was herding cattle with really me truly as the Wrangler, I mean, in, in absolute direct open heat, With the only real thirst coming, not from any of those personalities, but truly me trying to stay alive and hydrated was, (laughs) that was an event. It is funny to contrast. You were, you know, dying of heat, whatever, in the Hamptons over the weekend. Literally dying. Meanwhile, the the Roni ladies on TV are about to freeze to death in their beds at Aaron's Aaron's house. Uh, We are going to get into this week's episode of Roni in a few minutes. I'm excited to get more of your thoughts. But... On Saturday, I was at a friend's house at, at a pool in Long Island, not in Southampton, but I was enjoying myself. I was having a few cocktails. And then what What do I do but open Instagram and I see this post that is a collab post between Lenny Hochstein and oh. Katerina Mazeppa and Katerina's caption, on top of an ancient pirate cave overlooking the sunset <laughs> over breathtaking Esvedra. He asked to steal me away forever. Pirate flag emoji, infinity emoji, geotag Ibiza, Spain. <laughs> Lenny Hochstein and the mistress are engaged. I mean, truly? Okay, this is the kind of thing where is it actually surprising that Lenny Hochstein has proposed to the mistress with a gumball machine ass ring while he is still legally married to our beloved Lisa Hochstein? No, it's not truly surprising. But it is still just shocking. The gall, the nerve. It, uh, it, 
I, I don't even have words. <laughs> well, I feel like, thank God, Lisa came up with a couple because I thought her response on stories was um, quite wonderful, just essentially congratulating her current husband and his mistress on their engagement. I was like, yep, that's how it's done. <laughs> like, that's word perfect. for word, the Instagram stories in create mode with the gradient purple background and the white all caps text just... Congrats to my current husband and his mistress on their engagement. (laughs) And I highly recommend if your listeners, whom I literally almost called viewers, but viewers, listeners, you know, people of the world haven't seen the actual proposal video, I highly encourage it. It gives me a little one of Paris Hilton's engagements. I don't think it's to her husband. I think it was to her. No, no, I'm not even trying to be sassy. I know what you mean. One of her proposals, I think it happened on like a ski slope. Yes. And the way she sort of did her own slow-mo in real time of like feigning surprise of this thing she couldn't believe was happening at that point. This engagement gave me that same kind of air of like them waiting for the camera, looking at the camera, and then in their heads being like an action. And then she's pretending to be shocked and amazed and is wearing 19 inch like fucking espadrilles or some shit. Like it's just, it's a lot. That is a a great comparison to, it was her engagement. I think his name was Chris Zilka and her actual husband is now Carter Room. But the proposal category where it's like you are wearing, first of all, a white outfit, glam done, to whatever nth degree in truly the most picturesque setting imaginable on planet earth and performing, you know, the surprise of proposal. And it, there's something almost AI ish about it where it's like, if I asked chat GPT to like draw me the most picturesque, perfect like storybook engagement, it would be like, your hair will be freshly curled you will have blowout (laughs) you will be wearing frilly white dress and heels beautiful sunset pirate cave ibiza spain (laughs) the ring the ring will be the largest rectangle of diamond anyone has ever seen and it's funny because i i feel like big solitaire rings are having a moment lately of getting dragged because bethany was recently showing off her ring on tiktok and people were dry it's a similar design shape whatever size ring and people were dragging her because they're like when a diamond is that big it just kind of looks like a hunk of glass almost like it it kind of loses its like specialness even though it is objectively i'm sure more expensive than i have you know made money in my entire life but it's like wow lenny and katarina best of luck but they really just went for exactly what i would have pegged them for Yeah, and you know, there's a a little thing that, um, again, people can Google, uh, called the four C's of diamonds, cut, clarity, Mm. two other C's. Carrot and... uh, Carrot and (laughs) and other (laughs) C's. And color. And it does make me think a little bit about Sonia Tremont Morgan of the upstate Morgans, of the upstate Tremonts, really, too. What Sonia said about Luann's ring to Tom D'Agostino when she talked about the fact that like sure what you're showing me is big but it doesn't mean that's good and that the real classic the sort of like upscale choice is 
spoiler alert, what Sonia actually had with her ex-husband, which was however many carats, like a, a, a nice number of carats, but a beautiful, beautiful diamond versus what Bethany wears, which, as you said, while I'm sure it was worth a fucking pretty penny, it just is so awful looking and so heavy. It just feels like it's there needs to be a new word for kind of like the nouveau riche proposal because those stones are not only typically ghastly in actual like color but they're just not good like actually you know who had a decent xl sized diamond because this is what the show is going to be you've you've yeah. you've stumbled into a trap of your own we've, making we've stumbled into gemology corner <laughs> with sarah galley <laughs> Um, I know myself a vintage diamond and also credit card debt. And J-Lo, her diamond ring from A-Rod was a large diamond that looked to be fantastic in color and clarity and, you know, LOL, monetary value. And I think some of these people are just like, oh, yeah, and more big, please. But that's, you know... You know who similarly has a ring that makes me think of that is Serena Williams. She has like a big fucking oval diamond that looks gorgeous. And I think, you know, there's a difference between like Bethany's man money and Lenny Hochstein money and like A-Rod J-Lo money. And I mean, Bethany's a lot closer to it than Lenny Hochstein is. God bless. I guess you're right. We can't go on without mentioning that, of course... Lenny's mother, Marina, had her comment to make on this post, uh, which was, I will be very happy that this time you are getting a woman who love and respect you. You certainly did not have that in your previous marriage. Good luck. Congratulations. It's funny because not only is this like super nasty to Lisa, of course, and just unnecessary. And she's, you know, like the grandmother of Lisa's children. So like, why why are you out here doing this? It's not even it doesn't even feel that like loving to Lenny either. Good luck. Congratulations. It's like, okay. No, it's, it's, it's much more about trying to drag and humiliate the um, mother of his kids and her grandkids. than it is about saying like, wow, your love is so pure and strong, which tells you a lot about the Hochsteins. I mean, that kind of disrespect and kind of like tragic behavior had to start from somewhere. And while I really enjoyed seeing Lisa's mother-in-law on the show and, and seeing at least initially a sense of compassion and understanding, maybe not in saying like I raised a monster, but in saying like, I'm sorry that you're in this position. The fact that she can't even pretend that basic respect should come first, that you can congratulate your son and your soon-to-be new daughter-in-law or whatever. You can do that without being a shit. So I kind of expected more from his mom, to be honest. I really did. You know what I expected is like either say nothing or just saying I love you. I'm so happy. Congratulations. The the specific dig to Lisa in a public manner like that, it's like Lisa has already, she's already like the losing party in this proceeding. Like you don't need to do anything to make her feel it. Like she feels it. She clearly has been going through it. I hope she's doing well. I hope the kids are, you know, out of the, you know, center of all of this mess. But it's like, it's en- enough. Come on. 
Well, I mean, speaking of being the losing party, it does also show you what it the reaction of understanding that you're not winning online. You're not winning in the greater Bravo universe and also probably some level of frustration about whatever will be discussed of your character and being on the upcoming season of Miami. I mean, I think this was potentially while an obvious dig and and I guess attack against Lisa also absolutely is connected to the allegiance that many fans feel not only to support her but drag him and mm. maybe in that sense Marina was just kind of using this as a vessel and opportunity to fight back but also what is that telling you about how weird this whole situation is right like Lenny and Marina and this you know this chick Katarina are not going to get an opportunity on Real Housewives of Miami to tell their side of the story. Like it's it's over for them in that arena. So I guess petty Instagram comments it is. I feel like we've all had that moment where you're at somebody's wedding and you're looking around the food, the venue, the music, the overall vibe. And you're making like that mental checklist of if I were planning a wedding right now, maybe you are, maybe you aren't. What would I want to copy from this? What would I want to change? What would I want to tweak? Well, I've been a part of my fair share of weddings over the years, and I know just how stressful the process can be. You go from that newly engaged bliss to overwhelmed by invitation paper and flower colors in the blink of an eye. But using Zola helps with wedding planning from start to finish and makes every decision easier so you can stay in your bliss. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake, Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and even maybe enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or on your couch. Zola helps couples plan the wedding they really want with tons of unique features and personalized recommendations based on a couple's preferences every Zola wedding is as unique as the couple planning it. They've thought of everything you'll need and have built every tool to get you to I do, including customized checklists to get you moving, keep you on track, and prepare you for what's next. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Summer is fast approaching, which means more social events, more weddings to attend, more nights on the town, and hopefully more vacations. That's why I'm so thankful for today's sponsor, Honey Love, for covering us with the best shapewear. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they're the only shapewear that won't ever roll down no matter how much you groove on the dance floor. For a limited time only, you can get Honeylove on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com MIA. When talking about shapewear, Honeylove's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at Honey honeylove.com slash MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with Honeylove. Speaking of things that maybe seem a little petty, I want to talk quickly about the reunion seating chart for this season's Atlanta reunion, which was also released the other day on social media. And we chatted about it a little bit via DM because 
it's surprising. So on on one side of Andy, closest to Andy, we have Sheree, then Marlo, then Sonia. That to me seems pretty correct. Makes sense. Fine. The other side of the couch, however, on this closest to Andy, <laughs> Drew Sedora, followed by Kenya, followed by Candy Burris Tucker on the fucking end of the couch. And to me, the the idea of having a Real Housewives of Atlanta reunion with this current cast where neither Candy nor Kenya are seated in a chair closest to Andy, it's a little shocking. Yeah, it feels like an attack, honestly. I feel like we've been through enough as a community with the season of Atlanta. And I mean, just from my perspective, just like hoping every week will be better than I know it will. And while I would say that the last couple weeks have been interesting, last night's episode, definitely. I mean, Drew, if the future of Miami, if one is to take... Um, any kind of inspiration from the seating chart is to be arranged more fully around Drew, then this truly is a crisis. The thing is, I I actually enjoyed Drew on the show. And over the last few seasons, I feel like I've been on the ride with Drew. Like I have, there have been moments where I think she's really funny. There have been moments where I felt for her. Overall, I kind of enjoy a delusional housewife. And certainly there's been mm-hmm. some of that with her career stuff and whatever but like I've never thought of her as somebody who is a like central pole around which the show is is or should be arranged and so definitely I think this season has been lacking but thinking about moving forward it's like I don't know if Drew is the the answer to any question well and it's also not even just about drew although it's absolutely about drew it's it's it being drew and sheree flanking andy so it's like typically the people closest to andy are the two people engaged in the most conflict and the idea that the two people engaged in the most conflict are drew and sheree is just like sort of a nothing burger to me and i just I don't I don't understand it. I mean, if I'm like thinking of other conflicts, I I just don't think that Drew and Drew V. Sheree comes to mind. And while, you know, I love Sheree being close to Andy and I love Sheree being back, I just can't understand this. It, It really does not make sense. It makes me honestly a little confused about what it is that we're going to watch, which is probably not a surprise to anybody who's you know been actually watching this season I think yeah I think it's representative of kind of how this season has felt as a whole because when I'm thinking about oh which which conflicts am I most interested to to hear about or to see at the reunion there's a lot of kind of like random pairings that pop into my mind but there's no kind of it doesn't feel like there's a central narrative at all and I think maybe that's why the seating chart feels so random because there isn't really an obvious through line that it's like, okay, if, if let's say Kenya and Marlo were continuing to have this massive feud over the course of the season, it would make sense for them to be the first chairs. And then it would kind of work around that. But like all of the conflicts this season seem either sort of petty and one off or just kind of not that interesting that it's like, okay, yeah, I guess like, I guess Drew and Sheree have beef, but I'm not. It's not something that is keeping me up at night thinking about you know who's gonna smack down who at the reunion. It's like okay, okay, I guess I'll watch. 
I'm also deeply concerned that this is going to be like a three-part reunion or even two-part reunion, and one of the parts is going to be fully devoted to Courtney. <laughs> I'm really concerned. I hope she's in uh, Paris, the place that she constantly tells us she goes to at least once. Like, I don't... I really hope she's abroad. I really... the. <laughs> episode i was like no more of this <laughs> i'm okay we I'm cannot okay. allow we cannot allow ourselves to have a part of the reunion that is just courtney trying to convince candy and kenya that they should pay attention to her she's like no they no, no, shouldn't no. they're she's right like, no 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 no. <laughs> i know you no 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 i want i i did and kenya's like i don't know who you are we're not friends we don't have a relationship i have no problem with you because i literally don't acknowledge your existence <laughs> I'm good. Like, I'm I'm all set. I think I'm okay. I mean, at least they're sitting in chairs, I guess. So that's nice. You know, I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. It's just like, it's a lot. Those couches are maybe not going to give us what we have come to honestly expect from Atlanta a show that and a franchise that's consistently been, you know, pretty great. Yeah, I think it's tough, too, because Atlanta has always done reunions better than average like the even mm-hmm. you know Beverly Hills or New York are franchises that tended to have maybe some kind of skippable reunions and Atlanta just it wasn't that way for a long time and yeah I don't I don't see great things happening but I want to talk about New York New York is more fun honestly at this point and I I still am continuing to really enjoy this season I'm curious your thoughts through the first three episodes I'm really into it. Last night was actually kind of interesting because there were moments where, you know, Erin, for example, has become one of the lights for me because I just think she's such a specific personality and person that regardless of whether or not you agree with some of her behaviors, she's just great casting. And so I find her extremely watchable and really interesting. And there were some moments at the beginning of the episode where I was like, I don't know that I'm vibing with some of these choices, but By the end of the episode, and actually, honestly, throughout, I was like, I'm here for it. Whatever happens, maybe I agree with what you're doing. Maybe I don't, but I am enjoying the watch. I... It's so funny because I think Aaron is obviously in a tricky position hosting the group this early into their experience together as a group. But there are some... Just some hosting decisions that are just on paper a little bit puzzling. Like, she allegedly had this plan to make shakshuka for everyone in the morning and then jenna made one comment about not wanting to eat before they worked out so then there was just no food available until they went to lunch assuming that was at noon or later it's like it's like wait is there there's just there's no alternative there's no food in the house what's happening Yeah, instead of it being like, hey, maybe I should take some responsibility for not, you know, stocking the shelves. She's like, well, this is obviously on Jenna. I was going to feed you. But Jenna said she might feel a little sick with like her tum or whatever after doing cardio. So that's the reason that none of you guys have eaten for like seven hours. I mean, it just and then everyone co-signs it. Everyone's like, yeah, this is 100 percent Jenna's fault. The fact that like you don't have like nary a slice of trigger warning cheese or other dairy in the fridge or an apple maybe one of the ones that you guys just got for joining the show or like some cereal a cheerio we could have done like some individual serving yogurts maybe some granola a little fruit basket like there are there are a lot of levels of feeding the group between 
shakshuka and like absolute zero like you're eating air for breakfast i <laughs> i do think the the jenna stuff and jenna leaving the house that first night is a really interesting thing for the episode to sort of pivot around in terms of how these women are starting to process and express their feelings about other people's behavior in the group and seeing in particular uba kind of have that as a sticking point for her i thought was interesting because we're only three episodes in it's not like there have been massive feuds within the group thus far it's kind of these one-on-one situations and so i'm still having a really good time watching them kind of like figure out how to dip their toes into the to the drama pool totally and it's also that great and really difficult balancing act of like responding as you might IRL and responding as you are inside the bubble of filming sort of pretending that nothing else matters aside from what's actually captured here because I mean again Aaron God bless but the house was frigid. It was potentially themed according to the fridge that couldn't open. It was like frigid air. It it just, the fact that she had such a disinterest in acknowledging the fact that like maybe, you know, chosies were cold. Like the fact that people were uncomfortable didn't matter to Aaron. They should still be there. It was like, it was kind of wild to watch everyone attempt to express some level of genuine literal discomfort with being in a house in the fall times without working heat, but also being like, Jenna, you do have working heat somewhere. You've also never been on a girl's trip and you do also seem to be expressing some level of interest in sleeping before a professional obligation a few hours later. How dare you leave for a couple hours in which we've already told you we were probably asleep and uncomfortably so, uncomfortably <laughs> sleeping in whatever mink we can find nearby. I am so happy that warmer weather is finally back and we can get back to enjoying some time in the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring May flowers and also sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I have had seasonal allergies for pretty much my entire life. Unfortunately, there are definitely those days where I have canceled my plans because I simply just don't want to be out in the world because of my allergies. But luckily, Claritin is the perfect thing that you can just take at the beginning of the day. And it really helps with all of those symptoms, clearing up your eyes, clearing up your sinuses, clearing up your congestion. It's the easiest way to just get those allergies under control, whether it's in the spring, any other time of year. And it's designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Splash refreshers are the delicious zero calorie beverage I'm reaching for again and again when I'm feeling thirsty for something flavorful. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. 
One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash spices it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. Lately, my go-to office beverage has been the Splash Wild Berry flavor. It's so nice to just put a few in the fridge at the beginning of the week. Grab one whenever you want something nice and refreshing. It's just the right amount of flavor, just the right amount of sweetness. You know the vibes. When you want something refreshing, when you want something hydrating, Splash is the perfect thing to reach for. It perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. And it's available in five craveable flavors. Wild Berry, that's my favorite, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin in orange. It's there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. One of the tried and true Rony-isms is throwing shade about Hampton's real estate. And these women have picked <laughs> up that ball from their predecessors with aplomb. And <laughs> like you just explained so succinctly why it was really fairly logical for Jenna to leave the house on the first night. But meanwhile, Jessel the next morning is talking to Aaron and Uba about it. She's like, well, obviously she would have wanted to leave because she she lives on the ocean and you don't. <laughs> she probably wanted to wake up and see the fucking ocean view. And it's like, wait, literally, that's not what this was about. I promise. Also, there seems to be like a recognition that this cast is going to treat her as Jenna Lyons. Yeah noting that there are moments that they treat her as Jenna like maybe the tail end when Aaron's saying like I know you weren't trying to be disrespectful and maybe you really did need to sleep because you told me that repeatedly and I disregarded it but now that we're in a group dynamic and I'm staring at you maybe I can kind of like see your perspective and I think the balancing act of judging this woman according to the idea that she's going to treat everyone else as beneath her not to say that's something she does or would do, but just the expectation of that, that like her celebrity is a mark against her is to me really interesting because as the episodes go on, you would think they would maybe be focusing more on Jenna than Jenna Lyons, but that's not to say that that will happen. Yeah, I think that is something that's been really interesting over the first few episodes and I'm excited to see over the course of the season. I think Jenna has been doing a good job of existing in the group as just a normal person. It doesn't feel like she's bringing any kind of air of, you know, I am Jenna, hear me roar, whatever, to this dynamic. But it's like the other women are sort of projecting that onto her in varying degrees. And so letting them kind of simmer down and just like get to know the person that she actually is presenting, I think is is going to be fun over the course of the season. And I do think we're already seeing them kind of become more comfortable just talking about themselves, sharing things. I really liked in this episode hearing from both Bryn and especially Sai about growing up, you know, with yes. less money and like with less, you know, access to things. And the way Sai navigated that conversation between Aaron and Jenna about the dollar store being so fun because you can go and just, you know, like pick out whatever. And size like, no, like the dollar store isn't fun to me because this is how I grew up. And that was like all you can have. And Aaron's like, no, 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 it's fun. And she's like, no, like for me, it's not fun. And I think that was an important moment for Sai in the group to kind of establish, like you see me as like badass fashion, bitch. I have designer clothes. I live in a nice house, whatever. Like that's my life currently that I've built 
but that that's not the full story and that as they're getting to know each other it's like this is an important part of her yeah and it's also understanding the cost of as i explained you know being a chameleon that the idea of being able to successfully and quickly or smoothly adapt to any number of situations or circumstances is an admirable quality to have, but it was not created without enormous cost. I mean, there was a reason and a trauma behind that. The fact that she was experiencing uh, homelessness. I mean, the fact that she was, you know, struggling to be in college and not afford it and trying to figure out, can I crash in this dorm room and pretend I'm a friend visiting somebody or whatever, or, or being in a summer right, right, class right. or whatever reasoning she had used as an excuse in order to stay and be somewhere safe. I mean, it's just a very different experience and also not one that a person and moving into an apartment when she was still a child and talking about how her mom couldn't afford to parent her, that her mom herself was getting by and surviving, you know, paying whatever rent to be in a, a bedroom of someone else's apartment or home. I mean, she has experienced a lot. And I think maybe the pivot that I think it was like Aaron made, somebody made it as soon as she was finished talking where it was like, we're having this moment, Bryn's having a moment, and then there's like a complete steer into more of an artificial direction, which was classic housewives in a way. It's someone sharing vulnerability with a measure of trauma and people being like, so about this other thing, because I feel like that's what I'm supposed to be doing at this point, um, is like a part of the energy here. And the trailer for next week, for whatever it is that Bryn shares looks very intense and very emotional. And I was incredibly appreciative for size vulnerability. And I'm really curious for what it is that we are going to hear from Bryn. Yeah, I think with Housewives, obviously, everybody comes into a show like this with a different personal experience and background. But to be honest, like we don't hear a lot of stories of people who have really like struggled in that sense, you know, growing up poor, going through things like that financially. Like a lot of these women arrive on Housewives kind of as this like, you know, allegedly perfect package of whatever. And I think some people would not be as, you know, comfortable sharing stuff like that about themselves. And I think with this reboot of Roni, it feels like an opportunity to kind of bring in more experiences and stories. And that was kind of the whole point. And I feel like it feels like it's delivering on that in a way that I am really enjoying. Yeah. And it gets into the idea of what do you consider diverse when you're talking about ensuring that the reboot of New York includes a diverse cast? An element of that is socioeconomic. And seeing and hearing like the glitz and glamour that we can see from Sai, the fact that we're getting a window into her personal life by seeing her husband, which is something that she's discussed or her followers have discussed that he wasn't ever a part of her success as a creator on Instagram. She's really opening a door and allowing us in in a way that she hasn't prior to signing on to Housewives. And a part of that is talking about the ways that finances and ensuring that she's not only financially stable, but successful with a focus on that stability is incredibly interesting and and important and different than what we have heard on New York Housewives, certainly up until mm -hmm. this point. What was your take last week? Uh, the reaction, the, Jessel's reaction to the lingerie. And then this week, it seems like she sort of 
was like, it, I don't know if in denial or had kind of in her mind minimized the way she responded to it. I thought that was super interesting because Jessel seems like somebody who is intentional about keeping up appearances maybe and, you know, has kind of like, I don't know. I, I, I think she's maybe the hardest person to get a read on so far in the group. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I was really appreciative, honestly, for Uba and for her reactions and her confessional in saying, you know, it's uh, essentially it seems like Jessel is actually working through trauma and people aren't really being as sympathetic to that, that everybody's just thinking of this in the most superficial of ways, not really taking into account what she has shared with them Prior to that, the experience of being pregnant, the experience of having two very young kids trying to work through questions that she has and fears and possible shame that she has about how her body has changed as a reaction to childbirth. And I have not experienced childbirth before. Many of these women in the cast have. And it's just interesting that there is either a selective unawareness of Jessel's experience potentially being different to their own or just a lack of curiosity of like that we're only focusing on her saying she looks like a Christmas tree and not focusing on what to Uba is very clear, which is that this is someone who's struggling and to kind of like not shame her, but to just kind of like criticize her reaction I get like I get the fact that that was not gracious and respectful and also Jenna saying like lol like this is a friend of mine who's a designer and you're talking shit on camera like that does make a lot of sense I agree with it but also there's other stuff going on here and to shame her only for her reaction and not provide any empathy for the reason for it was a little bit of a miss which again is why I was like thank god for Uba because she gets it I think Uba is just like so hilarious and so it seems like she really is she's like a good listener like she gets people she kind of picks up on what people are putting down in a way that she's good at like getting the subtext in a situation I think and also you know she's she's eating a banana in her confessional (laughs) she doesn't give a fuck. It's funny because multiple people I so when I had a few of the women on the podcast I asked them this like rapid fire list of questions and one of them was who would you want who would be the best to ha- be on a deserted island with and oh. a few of them said Uba and I think it was Aaron maybe who was like oh yeah she would like find a like bunch of bananas on the island seeing popping the banana in her mouth. Yes. oh my god she's perfect <laughs> She is perfect. And also just like the interactions during that workout scene. I mean, <laughs> when the trainer walked in the door, I gasped and I was very distracted. And like, I was like sort of in a tizzy because it's so beautiful. And the way that she was reacting, I was just like, Uba, like we see each other. Like I am extremely here for this and the vibes and the energy and then reacting to Bryn involving herself in that dynamic. I mean, I'm, I'm all hands on deck. Bryn's arrival in the floor length fur coat in the middle of the group workout really was I felt like it could not have been timed better because she you know there was no one to greet her at the door which obviously was not to her liking and then you know she immediately went to go flirt with the workout instructor Uba said that her fur coat was very Mississippi vibes which I don't know that I don't know that Uba really has a handle on how people are dressing in Mississippi these days but I (laughs) I enjoyed the commentary nonetheless 
I mean, it was truly, I was like literally laughing. It was just so funny. It was honestly, this is the thing. I mean, really, truly Bravo in production. This was genuinely a gamble of like, can we reboot this? Is this a thing? I had more than a certain measure of concern for what was actually going to happen. And I think we are only three episodes in, but I'm just really appreciative because it does feel like a lot of the weight that was at the core of what original New York had become is no longer there and is being replaced by other tensions, which are interesting to explore. Yeah, I I think a lot of the stuff that we've talked about of like the specific things that are happening in the cast and issues that are coming up are things that original Roni maybe wouldn't have been able to tackle or it wouldn't have made sense for them to tackle. But at the same time, we still have, you know, Bryn making a comment about how it's really better to be more in Southampton, but this area is cool too. (laughs) 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 Like, Like there are certain, there are certain parts of like core identity that are still there. And I think, I think, Honestly, that really helps bridge the gap where it feels like, okay, these women still, they still exist in the same world. They just have a different relationship to it for the most part. And that it's like, you know, people like Bryn and Sai and Uba, like they, they didn't grow up, you know, coming to the Hamptons and, you know, riding their family's horses and whatever, but like they still have their own viewpoints on this whole world. And it's kind of, it's kind of fun to get a fresh perspective on the same New York social scene, the same Hamptons geography. Like we're getting kind of just a fresh pair of eyes. Totally. And I'm, I'm really genuinely so thankful for it. And I think if you asked me like, what was the true light of my life when it comes to what I'm watching on Bravo, Definitely Orange County right now has my attention, but New York really, really is has a level of enjoyment attached to it. And it does. How many franchises after more than a decade can say they feel like a, a breath of fresh air? I mean, it's cold air. It's not heated air, but it is <laughs> fresh air. There's a there's a slight a whiff of propane in the air from that fireplace, <laughs> oh I think. Oh, my God. Well, here's the here's the bad. Th- it's like I know people are gonna watch that and be like, "Oh my god, how could they not know X Y Z?" I don't have basic life skills, so I would be that person being like, "Um, can someone please explain?" Because then didn't Bryn also call it electric? Like I'm very confused about how gas works. I just yeah. know I'm I'm not supposed to be near it. I think what it was. I think it is a gas fireplace that probably right. has an electric ignition thing. Right, but she referenced it as electric, which I was I like, know. "That's not right." I know, which I don't think was right. But then, literally at the same backyard that I was at when I found out about Lenny Hochstein's engagement, my friends and I tried. <laughs> my friends and I tried to turn on the grill. We couldn't get it to work, so we made our burgers and hot dogs inside on the stove so i'm in no place to judge and certainly you know (laughs) if i were to have a house in watermill new york which i would love but i you know my house is somewhere else in the hamptons um (laughs) you know i don't i wouldn't be able to get the heat to work there either so aaron you're doing okay (laughs) 
Yeah, the fact that I think many New Yorkers don't possess basic survival skills because all of our focus is on how to survive like the Q train or whatever on a Saturday night. It's just we don't know how to light fires and stuff. So it's like it's not that we're dumb. We just have a different kind of survival that's not based on like fun times and optional things to cook with or get warm by. Our best skill is to instead of cooking for you to gaslight you into thinking that you didn't want breakfast totally like you could talk to me about gas electric or whatever or i could talk to you about how to walk on a new york city sidewalk and not get fucked up like one of these is really gonna help you more consistently than the other and it's not gonna be how do you light a fire and sit with a pillow and have like a s'more or whatever it's like how do you get from x to y most quickly uh well maybe next time Next time you're back on this podcast, you can do your research and let us all know how (laughs) the difference between a gas and electric fireplace. But until then, it's been a pleasure, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you, as always, for allowing me to be here in this beautiful, magnificent place, also known as Mention It All. It is a total pleasure, and I love every moment of it. And remind everyone where they can listen to you and follow you. You can listen to Andy's Girls, the podcast I host that's all about all things Bravo psychology. Wherever you listen to your favorite podcast episodes pop up three times a week. <laughs> and Who knows? Twice plus a bonus. And um, follow me on Instagram and threads at Dame Galley. Amazing. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. <laughs> Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a wild berry splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches.